The last couple of years have been one for the books to say the least. It is so exciting to get back to live audiences, whether it is a concert, sporting event, theater, etc. Whatever it is that you are looking for, I've got the perfect place for you. Megaseats.com. I know I'm not the only one who hates going to purchase tickets, seeing the ones you want, hitting that checkout button, and a price pops up and you're like, whose tickets are these? They cannot be mine. Well, with Megaseats.com, the price you see is the price you get. No, really. No hidden fees at checkout. Type in the code SSAW Network in all caps at checkout and also receive a 10% discount. Your next live event is just a click away. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Week 15 Reaction Show of the Cover Zero Podcast. Tonight, it's myself, Jordan, I'm sitting in here with my guy, Henry. How you doing on this Sunday evening, bro? Uh, tough loss, but, you know, life goes on and everything is good, so I'm doing well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My, my team's game got postponed to first Tuesday. Now it's going to be on 2 o'clock on Monday while I'm at work, so I'll do the the ever elusive act of trying to not catch the score, ignore my phone and stay away from it. And then watch it when I get home. But that literally never works. Really? I'm about just, to say good luck with that. <laughs> it never works. It just, just cause you know, when you're into football, like we are, you got all of your apps and your notifications set up to alert you about football as is. So you really can't ignore it anyway. Well, you're just going to ignore your phone for the whole day, but we'll see. Yeah. Tough loss for those that, that Raven squad. Tonight, though, the backup is looking looking pretty nice, and uh, Tyler Huntley looking nice in spot duty over there. We'll move into, though, our first recap. Well, our recap first segment of the night is going to be recapping that defensive performance from the New Orleans Saints yet again when they had faced Tom Brady in the regular season as he is a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They pretty much shut him down and literally shut down the whole entire Tampa Bay offense tonight leaving a goose egg on the scoreboard as the Saints win 9 to nothing. Sean Payton was out not coaching the game due to COVID. And Dennis Allen, former Raiders head coach and has long been the defensive coordinator over there for New Orleans, assumed the head coaching duties tonight as well. And then Pete Carmichael was calling a lot of the offensive plays as well. And also working with Taysom Hill in this game also. And this Bucks team was kind of outmanned. Notice that there wasn't Chris Godwin. He got hurt after uh, going down nasty on his like neck and shoulder area after a Malcolm Jenkins hit. And then there was also no Mike Evans. He was ruled inactive. And then Leonard Fournette, after a pretty good showing early on in the game, he went out too. What Does this game say anything to you about the Bucks offense? Because while they were missing some guys, they still have a very, very deep roster. They still have players on that offense who are capable of at least, you know, being able to put up more more points than nothing. 
is this in any way a representation of what might be ahead for this Bucks offense to you? You know, it, they got some injuries. It's a lot of key players. Uh, you know, and I, honestly, out of the out of all the uh, players that got hurt out of tonight game, I think the biggest one is Leonard Fournette with that mm-hmm. hamstring because uh, he he's been getting it going. Uh, and then everybody knows December. Football, January football, you need that strong running game. I don't think Ronald Jones is that. I do think Leonard Fournette is that. And, um, you know, hamstrings, injuries can be weird. But sometimes, like, okay, maybe he just needs a week, but then it can go on to a month. It just depends on how bad it is and how much it can uh, slow down the player. Mm-hmm. So, because, you know, Brady Brady has dealt with small, rece- small receivers. We got to see what happens with the whole Antonio Brown situation as far as, when he comes off his uh, suspension, as so they said, they they think about maybe even cutting him. So hmm. we have to see what happens with that situation. I like Tyler Johnson. I think he's he can Me be too. a solid receiver. Yeah, I think he can be a solid receiver. Uh, Scotty Miller, I like him as well. He's another speed guy. And then of course, mm-hmm. Mark is still there. OJ Howard is still there. Braid's still there. Yeah, Braid's still there. So you still got weapons. So I think out of all the injuries that can hinder him, it's going to be that Leonard Fournette one. So. We got to see what the status is with him on that. But if he can get going, that'll be well. Because, like I said, he's been getting it going these past uh, few games back since uh, uh, keeping the Bucks rolling with that run game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really makes a difference. And they were leaning on him a lot, even yeah, just like yeah. even in the passing yeah. game. When Brady, early on in the game, there was plenty of times. And, of course, Collinsworth is going to highlight the X's and O's standpoint of it, which I like. When they would get into man coverage on those critical downs and he'd find Fournette in man-on-man, yeah. He tried to get him the ball in space. And if you got Brady's trust, at least at this point of the at this point in the season, there's a reason why. So, and yeah, you're right. Fournette's been looking real nice for them. And he was the key reason why they were able to beat the Colts a few weeks ago with his poor TD performance. Uh, ironically enough, this shutout handed Tom Brady his first shutout since week 15 of 2006. Mm. December 10th, 2006. Long time. Tom Brady was 29. Get this, bro. No currently active defensive player had yet entered the NFL. And Drew, Ble- Drew Brees was playing his first season with the Saints. Wow. That's how long ago that was. Just crazy. That, that, that Saints defense, I don't know, Brady just don't like it. They just, they just know what to do. They do. They know what to they do. They do. And, I mean, it's – I love a lot of the players on that defense. There is an oh, attitude that they're going to kick your ass. They gonna take your shit. They gonna take your lunch money. You know what I mean? And that's that's what I love about that defense. A lot of those Jordan, dudes. He was bullying that offensive line. He was. Cameron Jordan, Onyemata. I mean, they got a lot of dudes over there. I think. And I think honestly, my favorite play that I saw from that defensive uh, standout was the Chauncey Gardner uh, Chauncey Gardner interception. He baited yeah. Brady, and you don't see that. Mm-mm. He baited no. Brady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and they were pissing Brady off too. You saw at the end in the fourth quarter where it was the first, it was like towards the very, very end of the game. And he goes to Gronk on, I think it was on a fourth down when they were like pushed up against their own goal line. Yeah. He went to Gronk on a seven route and Gronk did get held and he even got his flag. Yeah. And after getting the flag, he still goes over to the referee barking and chomping. He's been doing that all damn game. <laughs> it's like, damn, to your skin, bro. Oh, you bad. Yeah. We can see it. Yeah. But yeah, they were, yeah, there was, it's, I don't know what it is with that defense. They just seem to have this Tampa Bay Bucks number. And since Brady has been there now, that's what, in three games, regular season games, 
He's has nine turnovers against this team since he's been a member of, of Tampa Bay. Do you think this Saints team has any chance, considering how wild and wide open this season is in both the AFC and the NFC, do you think this Saints team has any chance to creep into the playoffs and possibly, maybe you know, upset the Bucs or whoever it is, but steal a win in the postseason off the back of what this defense can do? No, because I, don't get me wrong, that defense is, is really stout and they're really solid. But Taysom Hill is atrocious. It oh, makes man. it makes no sense how bad he is. And it's just funny how that you know they gave him that contract like he was gonna be something in the NFL in this quarterback, but he's absolutely trash. So to answer that question simply, no, and only because of that quarterback. If they had Jameis Winston, I'll say yeah, they got a shot. Yeah, but Taysom Hill, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. His that contract he has, it's it's funny because it's full of like uh, void years. Yeah. In his deal with how they do it, it's like this weird thing that allows teams to manipulate their cap space year and year basis, however much they want. Right. But that's mostly what his deal is, and rightfully so. This dude's not worthy of a long term contract. And you just watch him out there playing quarterback. Yep. Yeah. For me, yeah, I think the Saints team, if they they could sneak into the playoffs potentially, but I don't think that the the playoffs that I would want to see, I don't think includes the Saints in that, particularly because of what you said with just how this offense really just can't do anything well outside of just give the ball to Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Which isn't real. I mean, give the ball to Alvin Kamara and hope for the best. Yeah. So. Yeah, this team, they're, they're going to have to do a lot of stuff uh, in this offseason. Uh, you got to figure out what's going on with Michael Thomas. I honestly think he's gone. Um, mm-hmm. You got to uh, – I don't. I don't like this quarterback class. No, I don't either. At all. She find a, 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 a some type of gem at quarterback then in the draft. And hey, you know, kudos to the to your guys the scouting department. But I don't see it. But uh, yeah, you know, the defense is straight. I think they got to focus on the offensive side of the ball. Get that quarterback and get get a another weapon over there or wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't need to have to be able to throw to more people than Marquez Callaway or Traquan Smith downfield. Yeah. We'll first move into a team, since we don't want to see the Saints in the playoffs, we'll at least move to something that we did see today with our I See You segment. What's up, player? I see you. Up ahead, this is the part where we take notice of a player, a play, a team, a coach, just something in the NFL that really catches your attention. We do it every Sunday. I'm going to let you kick this one off tonight, bro. Who do you have for your I See You? My IC is going to Dan Campbell, man. Uh, the the head of uh, Lions. I had the Lions too. Go ahead. What's up, player? I see you. You know, we can say a lot about the Lions, but we cannot say they are not fighting for that coach, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, came in close versus the Ravens, you know, early on in the season. We won with the record breaking field goal from Justin Tucker. Tied with the Buff, you know, tied with the Steelers. Um, they had a lot of close games, man. And you can tell they are, they don't have a lot of good players over there. Mm-mm. They do have some fighters, and they do have some heart, and you can tell they reflected off of their head coach Dan Campbell over there. And uh, you know, the the the, the Cardinal was just the, the biggest miss that they had today was uh, Hopkins, but people, anybody still didn't think that was going to be enough for them to for for, for Cardinals to to still get the the victory today. So Cam, sure. Dan Campbell came out there. I love what I saw. They they're they're. Uh, 
crawling up uh, Kyler Murray over there. I, I love what I saw. Like you could just tell that team. They, they oh, we got one win now. Nah, that don't matter. They, we coming out here to fight. You know, it ain't gonna be no layover. We're not just trying to lose a, you know, get a better draft position. No, we're coming out here to fight to try to, you know, prove something to, to Detroit that we, you guys got something here. So. My mm-hmm. Dan Campbell, man, I like that hire that they did. Like I said, of course, it's not showing up with the record, but you are seeing it in the fight within every game with them, though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. My ICU was also – mine particularly was the Detroit Lions, and, of course, Campbell is a part of that. What's up, player? I see you. And the first part that I had within the Lions, you know, yes, they get the victory today over the Cardinals 30-12. to 12. The last place team, worst record in the NFL. Yeah going against what was the best record in the NFL today. And when it's this deep into December, you are clearly in dead last. Just like you were saying, it's hard to be able to motivate pros. It's not anyone can do that, you know, to, to be able to still get them yeah. to buy in and try to win a game. Especially that- when you have a losing, like, dark cloud around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, like Taylor Decker, their tackle, who's been over there for a while. I mean, he knows he only knows losing with this with this team for the last several years. And it's Frank Ragnow, same guy with, you know, with the center. He's they both are just unfortunately and TJ Hawkinson too, accustomed to that being with the Detroit Lions. And today they had what was that running back? Craig Reynolds today. Yeah. He was a practice squad guy at the start of the year from Cootstown College, wherever that is. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I don't know. But this guy, man, he looked good. Twenty six for one twelve. Yeah, twenty six one twelve. He had the one. He had the one. What was it? First quarter. There's about. It was a third and five, right? And Campbell calls a pin and pull concept, right? Everybody listening, it's basically your your center down blocks and the guard pulls. You just basically move the hole to one side, a different gap over. And on this pull, I'm like, why are they calling a pin and pull on a third and five? And Craig Reynolds busts this thing open for like 27 yards. Yeah. Just weaving perfectly within the blocking. Shout out to the offensive line. They played very well today. The aforementioned Decker, Ragnow, Vitae was getting in there along with Sewell. Really making some stuff happen. And he had this other one, though. It was in the third quarter. And I want to say it was like the final minute of the game. Final minute of the, not the game, but of the quarter. And Arizona came out in a five-man front. And the Lions ran an outside zone to the left. And Lecky Fotu, the D tackle for the Cardinals, he backdoored Vitae's like, block right off the kick step and shot up the gap. He got in the backfield in like a second. The second that Reynolds got the yeah. ball from Goff, he was in the backfield, Yeah, stops, pivots, spins away from it, and then sees the openings. I don't know how he knew that that area was open, but he just instantly saw it in a second and took off for a gain of nine. Turned what would have been a loss of four into a gain of nine. Just things like that. You find guys like oh, there was a couple of plays. I think it was on the pin and pull that I was mentioned earlier, where you see Khalif Raymond even blocking downfield. Yeah, you get that, that goes to what you're saying about Dan Campbell. Yeah, exactly. Like, plays yeah. like that. Plays like that. Players just you know they half-ass it, fifty percent. Mm-hmm. They're giving one hundred percent, man. Yeah, or like a receiver. I don't need to block downfield. Third and five. I thought I was going for right. the ball. I, I can you know just kind of be out here. No, he's like he already got the first down, and you're still fighting on a block, like. That's that it's it's that mentality that he is really instilling in that squad. That's that's really cool to see. And, and another player I want to give a shout out to because I watched him out here in high school at Modern Day, and then of course when he went to USC is Amon Ron 
St. Brown. What's up, player? I see you. Had a nice game. Yeah, really, really solid game. He seemed he might be Jared Goff's favorite receiver. I think so. Oh, well, yeah. So I want to give him a shout out. He did his thing. And yeah, you know, I, I honestly thought he should have been picked before the fourth round. I had a second round grade on him. Yeah, I had, I had about, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, higher than the fourth. I, yeah. I was like third ish yeah, round. I had a second, I had mid second to early, uh, mid third uh, grade mm-hmm. on him. So uh, yeah. yeah, shout out to him. He's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. He really is. He passed Jarvis Landry today uh, for, or not Jarvis Landry. Um, he's not Jarvis Landry. I'm not talking to me. Ch- he passed Javid Best. Oh, okay. The old uh, running back out of yeah, Cal. Yeah, Cal, yeah. Mm-hmm. He passed his uh, his rookie record for reception. Oh yes, he didn't know that. Mm-hmm. For the franchise, so yeah, he got that today. That first touchdown that Amon Ross St. Brown had today, that one where he was he was lined up as like I don't like you could say like he was lined up right at like the point spot in a bunch. Yeah, and he blocks down on the tight end to start to start the route off. So then he then he releases into a drag pattern. Jordan Hicks, the linebacker, sees him like going on a drag, like just a shallow drag across the formation. Kennard is the flat controller on that side in their defense. So Hicks just like, all right, you got him. He's going to the flat. As soon as St. Brown clears the numbers, he shoots vertical downfield. It's like their own variation of leak, which is a play the Niners run a lot with Kittle. Like just to put that in there and try to get creative and find ways to make things happen. It all goes back to simply now we are seeing this Lions team when they don't have a chance to make the playoffs, at right. least they are buying in. And you have a person who is really turning around at least the view of the culture with that yeah. squad. So like you were saying with Campbell, Jared Goff, before I at least uh, <clears throat> move on from the Lions, he had his probably his best game of the other yeah, year. Yeah, real solid, really efficient. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had the one, I already talked about the their leak play they did to St. Brown. He had another one, I think it was his first touchdown to Josh Reynolds. That he had, which I mean, you're just a rookie, a rookie fourth round pick. Josh Reynolds, who was a castaway from the Rams, a castaway from the Titans, lands on this squad. Khalif Raymond, another castaway from the Titans, that they're just like piecing together with toothpicks and and duct tape mm-hmm. to be able to make all these players work. Yep. And that ball he threw to, to to Josh Reynolds on the post route when he split the corner in a safety. I mean, it was it was real nice, and just his ability to just like you said, be efficient. And, you know, take what was there, fire on time on target, but then also take a couple of chances when he needed to, like on those couple of touchdown passes. Yeah. Real solid game for him. I want to say he only had, he was what, 21 to 26 on the day? Yeah. Three TDs? Yeah. Yeah, real, real nice one. I like seeing him today. Now we will move into the other side of that coin. Hello, Cover Zero. This is the NFL exec office. How can I help you today? What is going on? who we saw but made us ask the question as to what is going on what is up with this squad this player something that just i guess needs to be called into questioning and needs some further explaining if we could sit down with whoever it might be in this particular segment where something's got to get something's got to get right because so far it's looking pretty wrong and this is in our what's going on segment you guys hear it every sunday as well following every sunday bro who's your what's going on i'm gonna go the giants and that whole organization what is going on? It just seems like since Dave Gettleman's gotten there, I, I haven't seen no type of positivity. I don't. I haven't seen no steps going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the Saquon Barkley pick. I didn't get mad at the pick. He's a, an extremely extraordinary talent. Uh, injuries have been hitting him. 
You know, you had the Daniel Jones pick. Yeah, it looked good for the first seven, eight games. The next 20, 25, absolutely trash. Abysmal. Um, mm-hmm. You got the, the other pick with the tackle, Andrew. Um, he's like had 25% good games. The other 75% have been bad. You had free agency picks that haven't worked out as well. It just seems like when when you think they're going, taking steps forward, they had to just taking steps backward. And then I forgot. Remember that they they, they they drafted the corner from Georgia that got into the off field off the field. He ain't even in the NFL no more. We don't. Oh, know. DeAndre Baker. Yeah, don't even know yep. what's going on. It's, it's like they have so many, so many misses, so many flaws with that team. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, don't, I don't see. Since Eli's been gone, it just that it hasn't been going in the positive direction. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. say the Giants. What is going on? I don't like Joe Judge. I don't think he's a good head coach. I Do feel you think like he's gone at the end of the year. I'm gonna say yeah. I think him and Gettleman is gone. I think both. I think they're both gone. Interesting. Yeah. Coming at Monday, that 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 Black Monday. I think they're both gone. I do. Black Monday. I think they're both gone. So I don't like the direction that they're going. It just seemed like, oh, let's take another person off the Belichick tree. Well, how hard, how well has that worked for any other teams that have, that picked somebody off of Belichick staff? So yeah, it's rare. But I think the only one is what maybe Brian Flores has been like the only. Brian Flores. Uh, who else was a good? Uh, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien was a good coach, bad GM. Yeah. So and then. Um, and then Flores really it. McDaniel's is still on that staff. The, the Lions' last head coach, remember? He, he oh, was, call, uh, no, Patricia was horrible. Yeah, Patricia's horrible. We can even go back a lot. We can go back to, to you know, we can go back some, 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 some heck, some time. So, right, it's like ten percent have worked. The other ninety percent has not worked. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not, it's not a well you need to go to again. Yeah, York. yeah. So let's, let's not go there. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go the Giants, like. Hopefully, you because know, the Giants they, they have a great fan base over there, so hopefully they I I do think I think Joe Judge is gone and I think Dave Gettleman I think they're both gone and hopefully they can uh hire I'm gonna give you another one I think they're already gonna move up at Daniel Jones as well. Yeah, I think they should. It's yeah. kind of time. Yeah, you you Maybe. got plenty of opportunities. You got you, you know you gave him weapons. He had Sterling Shepard who I like. You have Everett Ingram. You just got the big time uh, free agent with uh, Gallaudet. He looked like he didn't want to play there no more. Right, you can tell the effort isn't there for him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you know, you got a great back behind you. Uh, you know, you 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 we thought we had you thought we thought you had had a solid offensive line. So I think it just needs a whole new rebranding, retooling, everything over there. Get rid of GM, head coach, quarterback. I think they all have to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, on that offensive line too, it's like Andrew Thomas. He's still young. He's coming along. He's all right so far. Most of their line is like there. I wouldn't even say that's an average offensive line right now, just with how they've been playing. Yeah, yeah. The whole like the whole organization just seems aimless right now, and directionless. They've had resources, yeah. like you were saying, to be that they've put there, and the resources. Yeah, they, they remember they had money. They had it all. It's like I, I don't. Mm-hmm. It's just like I said, free agency hasn't worked out. The draft picks haven't worked out, and when you miss on both of those, you have no shot. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Really true. Really true. And that I mean. Now they're trotting out Mike Glennon out there, and it, it just right, seems to right. be a, a, a wonder if he's able Mike to complete Glennon a pass. Mike Glennon is With a 10-foot neck. Right. Crazy. <laughs> I swear, Mike Glennon is, what, 6'6", six, six, but if yeah. he 
if he didn't have that neck, he'd be shorter than me. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. But yeah, I know that's that. I agree 100. percent We're gonna see what they do, but they do have to make some changes indeed because it just has not gone anywhere since since really Eli left and Gettleman's been there. Yeah. And even too with him, he doesn't even when the draft rolls around to him, he doesn't even also like trade away picks or try to use picks for leverage, trade back, gain more, whatever it might be. We were shocked. I was shocked that he did it with the Bears this this past draft. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to see that too. That was his I first time. So they have two first round picks. What are you going to do with it this year? Let's see. That's what I'm saying. Get- Gettleman hasn't proved that he can do something with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think get a new GM. You got two first round picks. Um, and, and it's going to be two high ones because the Bears ain't going to be that. The Bears ain't that good. No. So you're going to have two high picks. You got you have to hit on them. And you got to start taking steps forward and not steps backwards. If you're them, would you look at those picks as, like, with just the way this draft is shaping out with the prospects? I know it's still early, but would you aim, like, defense, offensive line? Uh, I would. Absolutely. I would. Yeah. Because especially because you already know the quarterback class. Because, uh, you know, in case you guys are thinking about uh, replacing Daniel Jones, it ain't, it ain't that great. So, look elsewhere. Look, look at that offensive line. Look at that defensive line. You know, it's funny because Gettleman, you know, that's what he's about. Make sure they're strong up front, but he ain't been doing good with it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. I'll see if they – I want to see if they hang on to to judge. I, he hasn't shown a lot yet with at least to be able to be a, a good, solid coach and get this team turned around a different direction. And But it is it is his first year. And so within that, like, you know, there's cause to have him fired. There's cause to maybe think that you might a be able to turn around. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is his first season as their coach, right? I don't know. I thought he got. I thought it was his second year. Is it his second? Was he coaching last year during the COVID year? Twenty. Yeah, you're right. Twenty twenty to present. Yeah. yeah, he was six and ten last year, and he's sitting at four and ten this year. Man, average winning percentage of thirty three percent right now. So yeah, no, I, I, I told, see that. That just shows. If I didn't even know the dude was there coaching. Yeah, last yeah. Year. Well, that's, that's, yeah. Sorry, yeah, he gotta go. He gotta go. It's time. We yeah. tried, bro. Yeah, we tried. We've seen coaches. Fire for, for, for way less and being there way less, too. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's very true. Because the last head coach they had was uh, sorry ass, uh, Slant uh, Fest, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, because he messed up Eli Manny's record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, consecutive games played. Yeah. I mean, he Gettleman hasn't hit on coaches. He hasn't Nothing. hit on draft Nothing. picks. And the free agents that he does take in, like the only draft pick I think that's looking okay is Xavier McKinney. Like, that's, out of all those resources you had, you get one right. That's not that's not good enough to keep your job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not enough good enough to keep your job. Gettleman's just not good, period. He was, you know, you, I don't even know why they hired him in the first place. Coming from Carolina. Mm-mm. I don't either. $100 handshakes, man. It's like him, guys like that just tend to get, like how did, how did Balky get another job going over to yeah. Jacksonville? Yeah. You know, he just, like, stumbled into that job. And how did Urban then get the job with all that money? Like, it's just guys, just relationships sometimes. People with money, they seem to have their guys they like. It reminds me of how kept Sam Bradford kept getting all those contracts. Mm-hmm. Like, how and after every knee surgery, his legs yeah. got littler and littler. <laughs> he kept getting more money more money. I was like, I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't either. Mm. My what's going on today is another quarterback, a recently first-round pick quarterback, 
He was first-round pick in 2020. I'm talking about Tua Tungavailoa. What is going on? Starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. I don't he he's he's a question mark whether or not he's he's the guy. We've talked about this a lot on the show when they were going back and forth between him and Jacoby Brissett. We were asking even this question on the show. I asked both you and Josiah. If Jacoby starts, is there really even a drop off? Or is he even better than Tua is? And Jacoby just looks like more of a gutty player and has his limitations, hence why he's a backup. But Tua's a lottery pick first round guy. Yeah. Number five overall. And today against the Jets, of all teams, the Jets are bad. They are they are a very bad team. Very, we all know this. Very. Right. And this dude, too, uh, almost like, thankfully, he had, A, a defense that was able to hold up. Granted, also, still the Jets. But, hey, when you, when you throw all these interceptions like he did today, two interceptions, sacked a couple of times. And even beyond the interceptions, he had other plays where the ball was just off. His his first interception, the first interception, it was an RPO, of course, because that's all this offense runs is, right. is this RPO world. It's an RPO to the left, right? They got a three-by-one going on that side. Right after the mesh fake with the running back, he has, who was it? It was Albert Wilson on an out route, right? Wide open. He could have took it. It's first and 10. You take four, stay ahead of chains, all that stuff. No, he don't. He, he ignores that one. He moves back to the middle. He has the second tight end, uh, I think his last name is Smythe, on like just a, you know, like a delayed stop over the middle, right on the hash mark. No, he ignores that one. He then has Mike Gusecki breaking on a corner route to the left sideline in double coverage. Uh-huh. He throws that one. It's way up in the air. It ends up getting picked off by Ashton Davis. And it's like, why? Like, you're going to ignore the two open dudes to throw into double coverage. Like, there's, it's first and 10. It's not like the end of the game. Third and ten, you need a play. You know, it's it, the stakes are not telling you to do this. Just yep. simply stay ahead of the chains when you got open people in front of you, and he don't even want to go there. The next ensuing possession, right? He almost throws another pick. He gets cover one from the Jets, and I think he was going to Devontae Parker. He was the backside dick route. Parker does a great job getting inside leverage on. I think it was Bryce Hall, their corner, and he works upfield, gets to the marker. He stacks him perfectly and breaks it inside, and he has leverage. All Tua got to do is put it out in front of his in front of him or put it on his numbers. It's going to yeah. be a catch. Yeah. He throws it up in the air and behind Bryce Hall even. <laughs> Bryce Hall's like, like behind him, and it's behind the corner in the trail technique. <laughs> and Paul tips it in the air and it almost gets picked off again. The freaking – into the second quarter – there's a, they're running mesh, right? It's a drag route and a shallow cross. They rub each other, right? You just pick which one. They're running mesh. He throws it early on the mesh concept. Ball gets tipped in the air again, but somehow, thankfully, Albert Wilson catches it and moves us for a first down. That ended up being Tua's first completed pass that went for a first down was on a pass that should have been an interception. Like, what is going on, bro? This, and it didn't even stop there. He had another one. His his pick six that he threw to I think it was Brandon Eccles the corner for the uh, the corner for the Jets. Uh, I can't remember who the receiver was on the bottom, but he ran a stop route. Is in man coverage, and he runs a stop route. And I swear, you look at Eccles on the replay, and he watches the corner run the stop route, and then he looks back at Tua, and he's like, "Oh, Tua ain't throwing this." Yeah. Then Tua still staring the receiver down in the, the corner. Oh, Brandon Eccles like, "Oh no, he is throwing this," and then he runs in front of it, and Tua. With just 
who doesn't have the ability to zip throws in there. He don't at all. He, he doesn't have a lot of good arm strength. No, and it showed up so much on that play. Like, if you're going to be late on a read, the ball's going to come out a little bit late on the timing, and, if, and you're going to get that ball in there. You need to throw some super – all the zing you got just to have it not to be what it was. But he throws it with just his lack, complete lack of arm strength, floats it up there. Eccles gets himself a super easy pick six. And, I mean, thankfully, if this wasn't for what we saw today from Duke Johnson, of all people, yeah, yeah, back home in Miami, going for 100 yards against that Jets defense, the Dolphins would be looking completely different because Tua spotted them basically at least 10 points with a pick six and the other interception that landed them immediately into field goal range. I mean, just just a bad day. And yeah, he got he got get his he got get his shit together. Cause remember them this offseason, them Deshaun Watson question gonna come up again. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I guarantee you they are going to come up again. Like say say something in his case break. Like oh, it's all you know taken care of now. He's free to play. Oh, they, them, them trade rumors are gonna go through the roof. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. I yeah, mean, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Rightfully so. Yeah, he's you still got him on the rookie deal, but like at this point, we should have seen some type of improvement. Yeah. We shouldn't have seen this team last year look better with Ryan Fitzpatrick, right, under center, and we shouldn't have also seen this team look equally the same with Jacoby Brissett when you got this guy where you where you did, right. And the offensive coordinator and the offensive staff. I mean, I got to give it to him for at least going to this. Yeah. RPO, insane play action, RPO, screen heavy, you know, misdirection run game, doing anything they can to just manufacture things for Tua. And yet, he still just, he still can't make it work to any consistent degree. Granted, they won the game today. They won the game. Yeah, yeah. But this is more of an indictment on just where he's at as far as his development goes as a pro because I still haven't seen it. And when you put up this type of performance against the Jets, yeah, I gotta ask you what's going on. <laughs> that was that was bad. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other what's going on? I don't. I don't. Just want to get on the Giants' head because it seems like they ain't winning, no going in the right direction. And uh, yeah, just mm-hmm. just pathetic what I saw. Do you think Saquon with a better offensive line would be able to have more work with a better team, or do we think that we've kind of seen the top of what he might be with just his injury history and just kind of what he's looked like as a you know, maybe the injuries wouldn't happen like that if uh, maybe if he had a little more some type of holes to work with, but but he mm-hmm. doesn't, you know. And um, besides his rookie year, when the line was pretty solid, you know, it, it, it hasn't been good for him. So, but I, I'm gonna say if he say if, he, if they do this offseason fix the offensive line, I think we'll see some resemblance of his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still think there's got to be some type of football in him, but yeah, yeah, they got They got to improve those other pieces around him. Absolutely, pull some different levers. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's all we got for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate you tuning in, hitting you with just a quick recap of the su- couple of the Sunday night game and just a couple of things that caught our attention. We'll be back on Tuesday. Well, not on Tuesday, back on Thursday right. with our regularly scheduled weekly preview after we also have some probably some other games to recap, considering that there's still four more games Yeah, yeah, yeah. until then. I mean, just a, a wacko week. Uh, hope you all stay safe listening to this. Have a good holiday. Dodge the Rona because those adaptions are getting everybody spread across all the NFL and the NBA and hopefully not in your family.
Take care. Appreciate y'all listening. Cover Zero Podcast. That's our show. Be sure to email us with your questions, comments, and statements to coverzeropodcast at gmail.com. To find all of the links to follow us on social media and also to find more exclusive content, visit us at tssaw.com. See you next week.